Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about culture, dating, relationships in the modern world. Eliza, she is the therapist. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. I'm doing very well. How are you? Black yeah. belt in Taekwondo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just got that. So. Champion. Are you ready for a street fight or something? Nope. <laughs> I can do all the okay. patterns. Um, uh, I got great technique, <laughs> but uh, the actual fighting, nope, don't want to do that. We'll what avoid that favorite? at any cost. What's like the biggest takeaway lesson you've learned from that journey? Ooh. Uh, about Taekwondo or about myself or what are we talking? Yeah, anything. About Taekwondo, Taekwondo is very, uh, it's, I don't think I'm actually, I don't think I have a good build for it. I mean, I'm obviously all right at it. I got to the black belt, but um, I'm very top heavy. And I think with Taekwondo, it's it's all about agility, flexibility, and leg strength. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have much more upper body strength and mm-hmm. I am not super flexible or agile. So it's probably not the martial art that's best suited to my physique. Having said that, um, it's just discipline and, and practice like with any mm-hmm. martial art, like with anything. So it was a good... It was a good journey. I was almost uh, upset when I got it because I thought, well, now I don't have a goal anymore. I mean, there's the dance. You can go second dan, third dan, fourth dan, but um, that was always a big goal to, to get the black belt. And now I don't have that anymore. So, you know, what do you, you got to, got to find something new, something different. So yeah, you, you should make like some kind of like comedy slash Taekwondo business. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how you can merge that. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that. Punchlines and, and, and actual punches. Oh, yeah, literal like punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I joked on my Instagram, I'm now the second best uh, comedian slash podcaster slash Taekwondo black belt in the world. Um, Probably. Those of you don't know, Joe Rogan's also a Taekwondo black belt. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, hence the, hence the second best. So, yeah, um, it was a nice little goal that I got to, so I'm happy with that. Hey, have you ever watched this? There's a show on Channel 9 called um, Million Dollar Mysteries or Million Dollar Murders no, or something like that. I haven't. I was just scrolling through 9 now last night before I went to bed. And I watched, yeah, yeah, I know what, (laughs) what kind of a 28 year old, I'm just going to check out the nine now app, but, uh, there I, there I was nonetheless. And, um, I watched, it's basically just cold cases in Australia and, oh, I was hooked. It was really intriguing. They were going through this one unsolved murder from 1999 and it's in I think it was called Buninyong in Victoria and so it's a small town just near Ballarat and basically what happened was there was a mother with a six-year-old girl and she'd recently broken up with the father of that child um, so her ex-boyfriend and she lived in a little property just on the outskirts of town you sort of had to get go on this dirt road to get there it's a bit secluded Um, And she had a party with a couple of friends and then she's gone the next morning. There's no trace of her. The daughter wakes up, mommy's not there, which, oh my God, that would just be mortifying for a six-year-old. So she calls the dad, he comes around and then a few other friends, people who are at that party come around. They can't, there's no trace of her. They notify the police and there's a huge missing person search for her and there's no trace of her till 11 days later. Her body, unfortunately, is found in the in the, the trail um, just near the house. I think it's called oh. Mount Buninyong or something like that. And so they found the body with there was a there was a, a windshield uh, just on the track, and then 50 meters down the embankment was her body. And they found one. She had one of these silver earrings, and the other silver earring was in the house. And there was no sign of a struggle in the house. There was no sign of forced entry. So they theorized that she let in someone that she knew. And then either she got in a car with them or she was strangled. Like the cause of death was strangulation. So she was either strangled in the house. And then they think that the body was somewhere else. And 11 days later was dumped because people would have seen it. Otherwise, it wasn't that far off the track. 
And so the ex-husband, sorry, I don't think they were married. The ex-boyfriend, the father of the child was the prime suspect for a while. Yeah. Well, he was just a major suspect because there were a few dodgy things. Like they had just had a big argument. He didn't want to break up. She was seeing someone else. So they were interviewing the brother of her and he found the, the father a bit suspicious, but the courts didn't find anything. And then the daughter ended up you know, being raised by the father and they, she's doing what she's like our age now. Cause this happened in 1999 oh. and she's doing really well. And they didn't put any charges against the father. Then there were these, there were these two people at that party. Sorry. One girl at that party, right. She had had that she'd worked with. And she'd also worked with that girl's boyfriend who was the boss or something at this hospitality venue. He had tried to make a move on her. And apparently there'd been some heated words and a bit of an argument. Now that friend that was at the party, sort of knew about a spare key or something like that. So they theorized <gasps> maybe she could have oh. told her husband, uh, I think they were married, but that guy could have come in and, and done something. Um, and then those people were at the house the next day cleaning everything when it was it should have been a crime scene and the brother was getting so annoyed oh, at everyone that was cleaning no. everything because they just thought she'd gone away somewhere yeah. and was missing. Um, and then there was also a strange neighbor who uh, was a bit too nosy about everything. And were, he first said that he heard the dogs barking at 2 a.m., but then he recanted that and said there were no dogs barking. And it's just to this day, it's unsolved. It it, it just, I, I, I was hooked the whole way through. Oh, my God. And it was a very interesting cold case. So. I hate when they leave you on cliffhangers like I that, know, though, and you just yeah. never know. But there's a million-dollar oh. reward if anyone has any oh, information. Wow. That so that's the point of that show. It's uh, all oh, these unsolved shit. cases in Australia that have a million-dollar reward for anyone wow. who um, provides evidence that leads to, the, to an eventual arrest. So... Yeah, I was watching that last night and then I was actually, <laughs> I was just terrified. I couldn't sleep properly because they did all these reenactments of the murder and, well, of people going into the house and there's something particularly spooky about a house that's on the outskirts of town. You have to get, yeah. uh, you can only yeah. get there through a dirt road and someone somehow has gotten into the house and you're just there with your daughter. Mm. It was just really got to me. So. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, that um, is something that's that's still in my mind because I watched that last night. So <laughs> recommend that show. It's a good show. I'll I'm watch gonna a watch few it. Other yeah. Episodes of that. It's uh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's either called I think it's just called Million Dollar Murders or Million Dollar Mysteries or something like that. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so sad. Very. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a, it's a tragedy. Mm. Yeah. It's really terrible. But um, I hope they can just like. It's so sad. They were interviewing the mother. The mother's quite old now and she all she wants is just for the uh person who is responsible to be found as as you would so it's just a pretty terrible situation all around and i hope i hope they can find who did that yeah there seems to be evidence there and it's likely that it was someone she knew because there's no sign of a struggle yeah Um, that's the frustrating part isn't it yeah, so whether people are covering something up or who mm-hmm. knows at the end of the day. But um, anyway, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about something that that is is a bit grim, but arguably not as grim as that. We're gonna talk about body image on not just this podcast, but the next podcast. So this podcast we're gonna talk about female body image, and then the next podcast we're gonna talk about male body image. So. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to have a quick word about our wonderful sponsors on this podcast. So we're first sponsored by Steady Freddy. Steady Freddy have a wide range of men's sexual health products. They're best known for their delay spray. So if you suffer from premature ejaculation, get yourself some Steady Freddy delay spray, a couple of little whiffs on the old Johnson, and it will last as long as you like. Well, you'll last a lot longer for sure. And it was formulated by Dr. David Reiner and all the ingredients are on their website. They've also got condoms, wet wipes. They've got ball boost tablets. They've got everything you need as a man. So go to steadyfreddy.com, use the code SEXCELLS. You get 15% off. We are also sponsored by Crush, Crush Organics. They have a huge range of CBD oil products. Uh, They've got... They've got the platinum oil, the diamond oil, the night oil, everyday oil, depending on the intensity of the CBD oil that you're after. They've got pain cream. They've got gummies. They've got CBD oil for your pets. 
I've been using it now for quite a long time and it's dramatically improved my sleep and my general mood. So if, you, uh, if you're in a stressful period in your life or if you just want to relax, get yourself some Crush Organic CBD oil. That's Crush with a K. Use the code NEIL and you get 40% off. That's a lot. So uh, crushorganics.com and with uh, both uh, Steady Freddy and Crush, always read the labels and use only as directed. Uh, if you want to see me live, go to comedyuntamed.com. It's not just me. It's a group of amazing comedians, not your average comedy show, and we're performing all over Australia. We've now got a show on sale in Perth in the first weekend wow. of December. Yeah, so come along yes. to that if you're in uh, in Perth, Rosemount Hotel. Uh, otherwise, as usual, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Western Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong coming soon, Adelaide coming soon, and that's basically and all coast. of Australia. <laughs> so... <laughs> Nah, look, we do Newcastle and Sydney. I'm sure you can drive. (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) True. That's exciting. last thing, we also offer subscriptions on this podcast and all the money goes straight to charity and you have the ability to ask us a question or send in a topic or a shout-out. Go to neilcolhatka.com slash podcast. All right, female body image. This is an issue that is... Just getting worse with social media. Mm. If you look at the trends, it is abysmal. It's horrendous. It's depressing. Uh, just basically after the iPhone became increasingly popularized and pervasive throughout mm. society, we saw a massive spike in particularly female mental health issues uh, for uh, adolescents and even girls under the age of 12. So mm. a lot of that is to do with body image and the the pictures that they're seeing constantly and the, the you know, measuring yourself against other girls and a lot of these Instagram models don't put out realistic photos. There's a lot of filters and, and fake profiles and things like that. But this is obviously a subject you'd have a lot more expertise and knowledge in. So, Eliza, what is your uh, primary thoughts on, on this uh, topic and yeah. what else can we go into about it? Well, it's interesting you mentioned the filters because I forgot and I I can't remember the actual stat about it, but it was something like now 40% of women between or or girls between the ages of like 16 and 24 um, or even more refuse to have any like videos or photos taken without a filter. Um, And not just like when you put a black and white, but like a face altering filter, which is really sad and scary um, to see. But I think like, What's um, really terrifying is how young women in oh, and girls and children are conditioned to have these thoughts and views about society. And when you think of it as a like, what is the purpose of having children and three-year-olds conditioned for this? You know, the beauty industry and the fashion industry is one of the biggest industries in the world in terms of making money from um, consumers. So it makes sense to have people invested from the get-go in this. And I saw this video the other day, um, and this isn't a study, of course, but it was a video about a mother who has a two-and-a-half, three-year-old daughter and a boy that's like six, six, seven, eight months old. And she was showing how her size three, so like three equates to like three-year-olds usually, um, shorts are smaller or the same size as a six to nine month old baby shorts um and she showed them across multiple different pairs of shorts yeah so hang on so the adults the adult size three is is the same as well the the babies uh, like the the toddler oh right right right. is the same is the same as a baby boy okay that's yeah but for some reason okay yeah yeah. <laughs> no, um, but it just kind of goes to show. And then, you know, statistically, boys and girls don't have any height or weight difference, plus or minus a couple of centimeters or kilos, if that. But I looked it up and it was basically nothing. It was like 0.1 or 0.5 kilos until they're um, 12. Uh, so it doesn't make sense. And then you think about the images that are printed onto children's um, clothing as well, saying like pretty princess, beautiful this, like that kind of messages that are being sent to our children. And then I actually was trying to research like children's 
shows because we know a lot about teenager shows and things like that and adolescent shows, but what about kids shows? And then what I saw is that um, a survey was done, I'm sorry, a study was done and I think it looked at, I wrote down um, like over a hundred TV shows and it said, well, for the first study, it was the top 25 children's TV shows showed that two thirds like thinness and attractiveness to positive personality traits. So all the characters that were caring, nice, good, were thin and attractive. And then 75% of the characters that were evil or had a bad personality were overweight. Um, And then in another study that was done, it showed that 87% of female characters in children's TV shows of 180 popular children's cartoons are depicted as being underweight. So it's just like (laughs) blowing my mind that they would draw men or boys with standard body proportions and draw all the women in the cartoons out, 80% of them or 87% of them underweight. Isn't that mind blowing? Underweight. So we're talking just... Like just really like like no rib cages yeah, okay. and yeah skinny um, those kind of things and then you think about the, the princesses that we look at these days are changing which is great but you know when I was growing up with princesses they were all absolutely tiny and that was a thing um, and then I saw like even just Barbie and I saw something that said that for a majority of five to eight year old girls, even just looking at a Barbie doll, just simply observing a Barbie doll has shown in studies to decrease a child's self-esteem and have concerns about their own body. And, you know, it's just wild to think that a five-year-old could be thinking about their body negatively, that that little, it's just, you know, obviously really sad. Um, so Damn. it's a, it's a, it's a wild thing. And then, um, I actually saw on my TikTok the other day, um, this girl had gone through like previous TV shows that we used to watch in the 2000s. Like when I was growing up, I used to love this show called Zoe 101 and it's got like I remember that, that one. Good. Jamie Lynn Spears or something, Britney Spears' little sister. And um, I used to be obsessed with that show. It was amazing. And they're like in that show, the characters are like 12 years old and I didn't realize it till then until I saw these videos again, but so many scenes, they'll be like the three girls are sitting there, the three main characters, and they'll have a slice of chocolate cake and they're like, we shouldn't eat this, but I really want to. No, we can't. It's unhealthy. There's too many carbs, too many sugars. Like, don't do it. Okay, we can take one bite of the cake each. And then it had multiple scenes being like, don't eat macaroni and cheese. Like the carbs are way too high. And these are 12 year olds. And then the same TikToker went and showed all the other shows that we were watching, like The Princess Diaries, Camp Rock, like heaps of them were having these similar scenes of young teenage girls being like, you need to be calorie counting. You can't eat that. Like, I only eat salad. And that's what you're growing up seeing all the time. So it's it's really scary that it's even just in TV. Like everyone knows it's in social media, but just to have it depicted in cartoons and television that are supposed to be for young children and clothing is really scary yeah well the one about the five-year-old is particularly shocking yeah Uh, a five-year-old would be questioning their body i did hear something i can't remember where i heard it but girls from the age of about six have a gauge of how pretty they are or how much they conform to i guess what could be seen as the the beauty standards and you know there's a conversation about okay are those beauty standards artificially constructed or is it sort of something intrinsic to our biology and i would guess that it's a combination of both but western society today is certainly exacerbating those so Mm. then i guess the question is what do you do I i don't i don't imagine anyone really being against making childhood and adolescence more enjoyable for young women so what do you do do you just do you have regulations about how young girls are depicted about how much time teenagers can spend on social media i mean the more i'm reading about this the more i'm honestly thinking maybe the government should just ban social media for everyone under age 18 i mean i just it's getting to a point where i i can't see 
uh, how the positives could possibly outweigh the negatives, but that's a very big authoritarian step. So, <laughs> so what do you do? What uh, do you think the solution is? It's so hard because it's, I guess the good news is that there is already a push from the public, like especially with our recent Disney princesses, like Brave, or is it called Brave or Braveheart, whatever, the one with the big red curly hair and there's some uh, black princesses now and there's Moana, there's more curvy princesses. So at least there's like that kind of, um, in Disney movies, they've made great progression at least. <laughs> and that's kind of the minimum. Clothing and stuff is still an issue. But yes, uh, social media is definitely the biggest concern. And I, I found a stat, it was... Um, what did it say? A study of teenage girls showed that using social media uh, for just 30 minutes a day are much more likely to have a drive to be thin and engage in body surveillance, have lower self-esteem um, and body self-image issues. Um, and that using social media only 30 minutes a day changes a way that they view their own body. So another study was done uh, in relation to that, saying that one quarter of girls and women that describe their body or like point out saying, this is what my body looks like, were over evaluating themselves. So basically viewing themselves as much more larger than what they actually are. So 30 minutes a day is nothing considering <laughs> what's the average amount of time a teenager spends on social media. It's like over eight hours now. Um, it's crazy. So considering that's the impact that just 30 minutes a day has on you, what would that many hours have on you? And you see things on um, like TikTok and the internet and trends. There was a trend going around about getting these earphones um, and seeing how many times you can wrap it around your waist and things like that. And then they have the fat face filter that they take it off being like, thank God I'm skinny. <laughs> like, it's just so sad. Um and so scary. And then there's, you know, people yeah. are kind of starting to point out as well, body checking as well, that a lot of like, it's very trendy to do like an outfit of the day kind of thing. And they, they stand there initially in underwear. And a lot of people like, this is a form of body checking. And body checking is basically when like you're videoing yourself, looking at your body, talking about your body and like using fashion as a way to do that. Um, but it's still like body obsession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sound good. And it's it's interesting. I mean, we'll get into it in the next podcast. But how many of the similar things I saw actually came up for um for boys as well? So, and then another um study I read was that eighty percent of young people fear getting fat. Um, fifty five of young women, sorry, fifty five percent have um body image issues. And then there was one study they went and saw. Well, they studied all these girls that were 13 years old or I think yeah, 13 and 55% of them again said they were really unhappy with their body. And then they interviewed them again at 17 years old and it had gone up to 80%. So it's like majority. And the thing is, it's not just a teenage girl issue either. It's a whole, it's women as well. And I was reading that 40% of women consider cosmetic surgery or would like to consider cosmetic surgery to alter their body. The stats of women being unhappy with their body is even higher than teenagers. So it doesn't ever decrease. And there was no, those two studies showed as well that there was no like discrepancy across uh, marital status, race, culture, or age. So even into their sixties, they were still saying they want to be thinner and skinnier, even if they were at a normal weight range. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's really wild. So uh, do you, how much of this do you think it's, is the human need to want to be beautiful and to want to, you know, compare yourself against other people? And how much of it do you think is society and mass media? Because I would guess that a large proportion of it is mass media because – for yeah. most of the time throughout history, there would have been sculptures <laughs> that would have been, you know, where you saw mm -hmm. the the perfect female ideal of the time. But mm -hmm. you weren't bombarded with images in, in magazines and on your phones yeah. and on TV constantly all the time. And you probably yeah. lived in a small community and it was 
generally a far more modest society, at least for the previous couple of centuries where everyone covered up so no one could even mm. judge their bodies that much. But what, again, what do you then do about all of this? Do you do you sort of go along a, maybe a, more of a censorship or regu- regulatory route where a government body should should be created for body image issues and, and to create healthy mental... Uh, mental associations with people's bodies and there are then regulations for magazines and for social media or for tv shows how do we solve this how do we fix this i can't remember what country it it is i think it might be france but i might be wrong but i know that some countries have actual regulations that state that if any image has been edited photoshopped or whatever that there has to be a disclaimer about it And I think that that would be a great start um, because when I was doing research, I looked at Australia and then globally and body image is specifically such a significant issue in Australia, more so than many other countries, even America. Um, And from the years of 2009 to 2000, I think 2018 or 2009, every single year, body image has been in the top four concerns for young people. So it's a it's an ongoing issue that seems to be getting worse and worse over time. So I remember in high school, we used to have people come out all the time talking to us about body image and blah, 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 and all that shit. And we, everyone just rolled their eyes because we were like, you old people don't get it. <laughs> like you don't, I remember thinking that, like you have no idea. Um, you do not get that at all, what it's like to be a 16 year old girl or whatever. So I think that as much as, you know, I want to say like early intervention and education is the way sometimes it's, it's got to be done in a way that is really going to hit home for girls, but also how do you influence masses of women? It's so much bigger than that. It's media, it's clothing, it's, it's everything. Cause if we, if we have someone go and speak to a whole girl's school, um, like they did at my school, that's all good and well, but then we went online that night and spoke to all the girls from the local schools and they're still calling saying, you're fat, don't wear that or gross. You know, if you're still subjected to the same judgment and bullying that makes you think, well, you know, it's, it's kind of useless. So I watched um, an interesting video about what, you know, you can actually do um, as a woman or as an adult. And there's a, a take that I like is about kind of learning about your ego and and mindfulness as a way to kind of counteract these body image concerns. And basically what she was saying is that, you know, in this day and age, everything that these negative thoughts that we have, negative thought patterns, like we've said in all our previous podcasts, it's usually your ego feeding things to you um, to one, make you feel better. Even sometimes though your ego does the opposite where it tries to punish you and because it wants you to be better than that and it wants you to improve or whatever and the reason why your ego can push you to have these ongoing thoughts is because it's determined that you're not safe and the reason we don't feel safe is because we see everything on social media etc and we're thinking this isn't how looking like this is not how I'm going to be successful I need to be thin I need to be attractive or whatever so then your ego is thinking okay well you're not safe you're not going to succeed in life so it's pushing these thoughts continuously into your head And using mindfulness is a way to realize that uh, actually understand how frequent these thoughts are when they're coming up. Are they coming up during social media? Is before bed? Are you even acknowledging that you have these thoughts? Like what is that narrative about yourself and your body? And challenging your ego as well. Uh, But I think aside of that kind of spiritual self-improvement journey, What's really needed is more education. And we'll talk about this in the next podcast, but um, addressing the issues with body image between men and women or girls and boys is actually quite different and in some ways easier with guys because there's a way that we'll talk about it later that is more um, strategic and more like achievable, but with women, it won't work the same. Um, or girls it won't so I think one thing is a big social media cleanse which I always talk about like unfollowing all these stars or unfollowing celebrities and thinking about who are the kids role models these days and a massive one let's say is 
Kim Kardashian, who only a couple of weeks ago came out in an interview and again insisted she's had no plastic surgery. She's only ever had some Botox. And it's like the biggest joke of all time. But young people don't know that. They just think this is how these people look. This is how they, you know, are successful. you got to look this way. So education around that and showing them on their social media, normal bodies, um, which I have seen coming up in, in, on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. Um, and it's not just about being fat or skinny. Like a lot of people have massive body images about their genitals, for example, um, or, and what they look like because of what they've seen in porn or the internet or what boys say and things like that. So maybe they should be, instead of cleansing their social media, like maybe they can instead follow things that normalize it. Like I always tell girls I work with, (laughs) this is kind of like controversial. Uh, Well, it's not controversial. I don't want to sound icky by saying I'm telling people to follow a vagina Instagram. (laughs) But I tell girls and boys about this Instagram page called The Vulva Gallery which I highly recommend for anyone to look at where an artist takes in images of women's vulvas from all around the world and paints them. And then, so she's not putting the photos of the vulvas on her Instagram. She's putting the detailed painted versions up and it just shows like the variety around it. And then in her post, she talks about that women's relationship with their vulva and what their thoughts are about. And it's super interesting And another Instagram account I highly recommend people to follow is it's called um, Sunday Morning Reviews or or Sunday Morning Views. Wait, have I written it down? Sunday Morning View. And it's not about body positivity specifically. It's just about women's natural bodies, basically. And some of them are super sexy photos and very, very attractive. But it's that variety that's important to see. Don't you think this is sort of putting the impetus on the individual to fix something that is ultimately a societal problem? I mean, yeah. I understand. I agree with you. People should practice mindfulness mm. and uh, mm. have these ideas about what what a real typical body looks like. But ultimately, there's uh, a confluence of mass media, social media, yeah, just sort of uh, Western cultural ideas all meshing together to create these concerns. And we almost have to think about restructuring our culture and society and mass media to, to alleviate these issues. Because, I, I, again, I agree that it's important to be mindful and to do those things individually to help mitigate mm-hmm. against the most negative consequences of a negative body image. But the mass media still exists and, and social media still exists and uh, yeah. it's so embedded. And, and there also is a natural inclination for humans to admire what they may, whether it's a sort of beauty. intrinsic uh, idea of what uh, aesthetic beauty is or it is societally created. Either way, there are just, you know, not every social media selfie or post is going to get the exact same amount of likes. There are some people who are going to become more popular because they are they are more attractive, whether it's to the opposite sex or even um, among people within that sex. So you can't avoid that entirely, but the way society's structured now is just so much more prevalent than it has ever been. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem tenable to me. It just, uh, again, yeah. I lo- it, it, it would be nice if everyone can have a better idea of themselves and to implement those practices, particularly if they're young girls. But ultimately, I think it's not completely futile, but how much is that going to help in a amidst a mass media that's bombarding you with images of uh, beauty and, and sex and all these things that we look we all play a role in like i remember saying this a a couple of podcasts ago do you think there's a responsibility for people who do post sexy selfies and you know if i ever post a shirtless photo or something like that is it important to take into account hey look this might make you feel good but you're probably making a lot of people insecure by posting that is it on those people as well to to limit what they post what do you think about something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. Obviously, I think it's much bigger than just the small strategies that an individual can do. And if I had you know, a young person or a group of young girls 
in front of me. Well, actually, I used to do this. I used to go around to schools um, and talk about this um, back in the day. And it's you can give those strategies like I was talking about before. And it's good because some people want that more solution focused approach. But a lot of it is actually just unpacking like an understanding about yourself. Like why why does this make me feel insecure? It's usually because you want to be attractive. You want to be successful and this is what you're seeing is attractive and successful or you want to be desired and that's that's what we're getting shown constantly about this is what it takes in order to be desired even like as a young young kid saying well when I grow up I better look like this so that I can find my prince charming and things like that so it is at an individual level is really what we have to work within the realm of doing because it's too hard to kind of say, well, it'd be great if the whole world can change, but it's unlikely that it's going to happen. So working individually, the best thing that we can do is build these children's and and young people and women's self-esteem in themselves. And um, in doing so, they can be more resilient seeing these images and photos and, and, you know, things, social media. But that being said, societally, I think that there has been really good movement um even though it's in some ways it's the worst and also at the same time the best it's ever been with um body image and the approach on social media like for example modeling we now have almost most major modeling companies have plus size models which is a really big thing these plus size models are actually strongly desired as well and considered to be sexy like Ashley Graham and things like that so that's a positive and also putting disability um, models in as well women with disabilities and men with disabilities and wheelchairs and things like that so there are some steps in the right direction and it's about that representation and I do see like on women these kind of women's um social media profiles that so many people say thank you for uploading this or thank you for doing this it's so important for me to see my body represented there's this young girl she or she's not she's like 25 and her name is i don't know if you've seen her on um instagram she's really big her name is ariella ariella i'm sure if you search ariella you'll see her but she's blonde and she's kind of like all about her um self body image and her journey with that and she is she's not plus size she's curvier she carries some fat um she's still a smallish woman she's still an australian size you know average woman probably small and average actually but she kind of influences so much young women to say like you make me feel sexy and empowered in my own body so it's having those positive role models is a massive part as well but to kind of overhaul everything. It's the dream, but how how can you even do it? Where do you start? Do you start with the clothes? Do you start with the Barbies? Do you start with the TV shows? Start with the models, the social media? No, exactly. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's yeah. a very big question. But, uh, well, to actually play the role of someone I wouldn't normally play, but uh, this, don't you think it's still, it's always been this system of profit-driven mass media yes. that has led to this. And then you're still relying on that. You're relying on them to mm. put these images out there that might make a, a, a large proportion of women feel better about themselves, but they're still ultimately, I, I don't have, I, I don't think corporations are ultimately, you know, virtuous entities. They all, they just want to make a profit at the end of the day. Yeah. So they're still Virtual thinking, thinking, okay, if we put if we put a plus yeah. size model on our billboard, cool, we'll get more profits because now that's fashionable now kind of thing. So, very true. I, I just wonder. I, I mean, you, you know, I can't believe I'm of all people I'm saying this, but it, it really does seem like a sort of the capitalistic, um, commercial mass media system that is driving all of this, and also yeah. a lack of maybe some of those, uh, you know, more. Some people may say like, well, maybe the a, a society of sexual modesty it it has a lot of problems but it wouldn't have this problem <laughs> yeah it's that would be a risky game but it makes a point yeah it, it absolutely does but then again you know the women have been sexualized and men have been sexualized throughout time regardless of if they're dressed modestly and things like that it's still like attractive to be thin like in the 90s 
you'd wear the turtlenecks and the, and the jeans, but be real, real thin. So, but then again, you wouldn't have Instagram then or TikTok, so you're not going to be seeing this every single day. Um, but yeah, it's it's pros and cons, I guess. It's such a hard thing to address, and I don't think that we're actually ever going to be able to address it completely or solve it. Um, one of the only thing I think is, or the best thing. Um, to do is is limit as much time on social media because that is by research standards the the most influential part on or has the biggest impact on body image or perceived body um, image so but how do you get a young person to reduce their time on social media when that's how they socialize i honestly think it's time for the government to actually just really put their foot down on something like that. I can't, again, I can't believe I'm saying this of all people, but I just don't see any other solution. I can't, granted, I haven't looked into this to any great depth, but there has to be some kind of either a ban or severe limitation of what, especially people under the age of 13, but definitely people under the age of 18 can access on uh, on the internet and potentially yeah. even banning smartphones and iPads for people under the age of 18. I, I mean, I don't know how you do that. I think it could yeah. be done. It would take a lot of investment, but it probably could be done. But I, I just can't see any other solution. I just, I, 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 again, I do think a lot of these sorts of small cultural movements are great. Uh, for the most part, I think they can go too far one way in many cases. Yeah, but uh, definitely. They are good, but I do think they're ultimately futile against a machine that wants to um, keep you transfixed on on your phone or yeah. wants you to buy as many um, clothing products as possible. I just I, yeah. I, I can't see uh, any other solution, and you know I, I don't I don't know what that's like um, to mm. to be constantly comparing yourself to other people at age. Five again in the next podcast. It's not complete. It's not like men are completely immune to this either. In fact, mm. it's probably more severe than people realize. Mm. Uh, but yeah. it's really sad. It's also it could it be? You know, is it just a um, a consequence of society becoming too wealthy and not having other things to worry about? So we're worried about things that many other cultures and societies may consider trivial uh, because yeah. we now have you know, for so much throughout time throughout history, starvation was an issue and a lack mm. of uh, nutrition and sustenance was a problem. And now things like obesity and body image, uh, conversely, are big issues in Western society. And yeah, is it just sort of point, misdirected yeah. resources here where, yeah. you know, again, I just can't see how, how, yeah, there should be individual movements for sure, but really I do think there should be, there should be a lot more uh, government, and I'd be happy to pay more tax. It's just there needs to be governments looking into these things like body Im- issues and images, but also what is going into our foods, food regulation, um, pesticides, mm. uh, hormonal imbalances due to the amount of artificial uh, additives that are put into food. And, and it's important to, to have a very efficient food supply especially now in these uncertain times and the global food supply chain but there has to be far more research into these sorts of things and Mm. um i think a lot will be done and and a lot can be done long term for a massive short-term investment but i think the the rewards will be worth it long term yeah absolutely i think a a good start would be banning filters (laughs) um considering how prevalent they are and what the young people are saying about them isn't just that like they feel like they have to use it but that when they don't have a filter on their face and they just see themselves in an open camera is that they don't recognize themselves even though they're looking at themselves without a filter um which is really scary so i think filters should be banned and remember instagram did that thing where they removed um how many likes it showed how many likes yeah. were on people's posts, which was a, a good thing to do at the yeah, time, uh, but it didn't really seem to make an impact on <laughs> on anything. But yeah, it is an interesting point you made about like the culture and, and being privileged or well, more privileged in Australia because Australia has some of the highest rates of body image issues. 
Um, and maybe it is about that we don't have other things to to worry about and con- and concern ourselves with other than social media, especially at a young age. And it's it's so scary to think about what it's going to be like in the future with um, even thinking of like the metaverse, say, when you can alter your avatar and make it look prettier or make it look really attractive and things like that. And then you come back into reality and you're dissatisfied with yourself then. Mm. What's that going to be like when you can literally pick and choose how you look in an avatar and feel what it's like to live that? It's it's scary to think about what it's going to be like in the future. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. It's interesting about Australians having um, maybe you know the highest degree of body image issues yeah. or like, very particularly high. Mm. That's very. I, I w- I'm quite surprised at that because you know the stereotype is Aussies are very laid back and, and relaxed, but. Yeah, I guess it is. It, 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 well, there's a big beach culture here. I think that would contribute to it a lot more. Uh, photos in the great outdoors, and you know, bikini photos and mm. shirtless photos for for men. It's uh, you know, it's a rugged culture for the most part. In that sense, it's uh, I, mm. I guess that would contribute to some of those body image issues. But uh, that's still that's still surprising. I mean, in in other countries, even in Western countries, there's still a much higher proportion of um deeply culturally conservative populations that just probably wouldn't be looking at social media or uh they'd be looking at very uh filtered shows and and filtered in the sense of you know that filtered through the lens of whatever they deem morally acceptable so that could be it but it's uh interesting surprised to be honest yeah yeah it's definitely um it, what was interesting, I think, for me being pregnant, when I found out I had a boy, I was, or having a boy, I was immediately relieved in some senses that I won't have to watch my child, a girl, go through and be subjected to this. But then when I did the research on boys and body image, it's basically just as bad as well, but very, um, it, it comes out in a very different way than it does for girls and women. So. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll delve into that soon enough. Uh, mm. I guess uh, to, I've, I, I think I've made my thoughts on this pretty, pretty clear. I just think this is, I, it is important to do those individual things and have those sort of small cultural movements. But ultimately, I, I do think this is systemic, and it's just a very unfortunate consequence of uh, unfettered mass media and r- rapacious. Mm. Uh, you know, lust for profit, but that could be wrong. I don't know. It could be a very just intrinsically human thing. Uh, to conclude this one, what what do you think people can be doing or, or should be doing to help alleviate some of these uh, issues, but particularly for, for, for children? I mean, that's just morbid when five-year-olds really have to- body issues. Yeah. We need to talk to children growing up about this and think and let them know that these thoughts are probably going to come up for you and this is really normal. Um, and, you know, I want you to be able to come to me and talk to me about it because a lot of kids go through this and never speak to an adult about it. And I think that parent education is a massive thing that needs to be looked at. The amount of parents I know uh, or I work with, um, I should say, that have five, six, seven and eight-year-olds on TikTok with their own accounts, making videos and looking at videos that I look at and they don't see that's an issue and having Snapchat as well. And I'm like, I've, I've always explained to them there's a legal requirement, they have to be 13. They don't care. They don't seem fussed about it. They're like, oh, they're just looking at little videos. Who cares? They have no idea what their children are being exposed to. So parents need to educate themselves on social media. It's so frustrating for me when I talk to someone and I'm like, oh my gosh, your six-year-old, look at what she's looking at now. Look at this video right here. She's got on her on her iPad. This isn't okay to see this. And that's just the one I've happened to glance at when I walked in. Um, so I think that's a massive one. Also, the parents in the age group above us, I think that there is because they've also been subjective, like my parents and, and their age group have been subjected to body image and very high expectations probably more for remaining thin petite and attractive and that trickles down and I know that I remember me being a teenager and also my friends 
And a lot of our mums would make sly comments and subtle comments being like, oh, like you've got, you've got cellulite, but you're only 14. Like, whereas realistically, 75% of 14 year old girls have some form of cellulite or something like, oh, you've got stretch marks, you know, whereas basically all stretch mar- women, women have stretch marks or girls. So a lot of that judgment can, can come just from our parents as well. Um, the other day, my best friend went and saw her, her, um, family and she is a very standard Australian 28 year old girl she's same size as me pre-pregnancy and not someone you would you know look at and think god or whatever or think anything about her body and she walked into her family's house and saw a family friend that she hasn't seen since she was like a teenager and the first thing they said was hi oh you've put on a lot of weight like what who says that to someone they haven't seen in like 10, 15 years? It just blew my mind hearing that, that people feel they have the audacity to say that to other people. It just is shocking. It's a bit bit rude. Uh, I know know in other cultures, you know, being overweight is a sign of prosperity. So, uh, you know, in India, they actually, they'll have advertisements that say, do you want to lose weight or gain weight? Call this number because... (laughs) Uh, malnutrition is still a big issue there. And so yeah. uh, it is still a uniquely Western thing. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the judgment seems uh, quite intense. I, I wonder if, you know, with men, it's often the other way. Like, oh, you, he's a bit skinny for 18 or like, you know, things like that. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you for your thoughts and uh you know, for articulating just the, the depth and the severity of this concern that we should all be worried about because no one, man or woman, left or right, young or old, wants young girls to uh, be experiencing anxiety and depression because they don't think they're beautiful enough. I think that's something we can all agree is not healthy um, for society whatsoever. So we've got to do something. Um don't know what that is. I I, I think it's gonna be a, a you know a collective government solution, but I don't yeah. know what that looks like either. So uh, thank you, thank you everyone for listening. And next episode we'll be talking about male body image. So stay tuned for that one. And otherwise, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends about the podcast. I was. Love it when people come up to me and specifically say they're a fan of the Sex Sales podcast. So keep doing that yeah. if you if you see me in public and we will see you next time. See you next week. <laughs>